Okay, so welcome back to the BMW Blog Podcast. This is episode 54, uh, and we are joined by Joe Achilles. Uh, again, I think it's the third time we've had you on, actually, but uh, you're always a great guest, so we like having you on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I feel really privileged to come back uh, once again, and uh, I look forward to talking most things BMW with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've actually had some... Uh, the reason we wanted to have you on is you did some pretty cool stuff recently with your M3, and we were just talking about it off camera, that you know, you actually drive your M3. Uh, a lot of YouTubers, they buy them, they do their little, you know, sort of unboxing, quote-unquote unboxing video, and then, you know, you never see them again. But yours, you really put to the test, and you recently did Petrolhead Tours, right, with yours. So, you know, tell us a little bit, a little bit about how that went. Yeah, um, yeah. well, so far I've done, so the car's just under six weeks old, and I've covered five and a half thousand miles, um, and a week of that has actually been the car sitting, it was sitting in a stand in, in Goodwood that hasn't moved for the past week, so um, as soon as it was run in, which took about two weeks, I, I did a track day on it uh, with Michelin, testing some new homologated uh, Cup 2 Connects um, for that car, which was really fun. It was bizarre driving something so new and so expensive that sort of belongs to me um around the circuit at pace uh, <laughs> i must admit i was a little bit nervous it wasn't like a press right. car it was like no no this is mine don't put it in the <laughs> right, wall right. Uh, and then uh yeah and then I, I i shortly after that maybe a week after that um i headed off to to spain on the boat with, with petrohead tours um who are fantastic sort of road trip tour company uh that operate sort of all over europe and Occasionally, sometimes in the States as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we did 3,000 miles around the majority of Spain and some of Portugal um, on the best roads. It's not like motorways or it's, 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 you know, the best sort of mountain passes, quiet roads. You just don't see anything except for a couple of stray dogs and, and, and your donkey. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, so the cars, the cars, uh, yeah, done a very good job so far. Yeah. Um, I, th- for anyone who hasn't seen the video, we actually posted an article on that video because you, you know, you well documented the petrolhead tour so far, and it is pretty amazing. I mean, the roads are—they look incredible, and you know, it's it's just a row of exotic performance cars, you know, just snaking up and down these awesome roads. It looked like a blast. Yeah, it's it's epic. I think this was the fifth tour I've done with those guys over the past, let's say, four years. I've done a couple in Spain with them. And uh, that's exactly it. The great thing with those uh, petrol tours is you could be in a in a tuned Mini, a Golf R, an M3, a Lamborghini, a Ferrari. There's everything. And every day or every every other hour, you're following something new. And, and I love that because you're not, you know, it's, it's, it's always different. You see different characteristics of different cars. And people instantly assume that something like, I don't know, the McLaren 600LT that was on it would be the fastest car right. there. But actually, in reality, you know, we've all driven supercars and they're low and wide and the vision's not great. And, and actually, although they're much quicker in a straight line or on a circuit, on a trip like that, you're not really at any advantage. So um, so it's really, it's an equal playing field for everyone. Um, and you just have such a good time. It's it's awesome. It's, uh, and, and yeah, there's just nothing around. So, so you don't feel too guilty um, putting your foot down every once in a while. Whereas back here in the UK and probably similar to a lot of the States, you know, there's, 
that's just very it's very rare you get to use the actual performance of your car properly unless you're out on track and and then that's limited and it's the same let's say 15 turns over and over again and it's not the same as, as right. yeah, going around going around an entire country um and taking in all the sites i took my other half on on this trip which was just epic and she loved loved the trip and um yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool, and, and I got to really understand and get under the skin of, of the new uh, G80, which which is great. Yeah, it's, yeah, a lot of miles. Third set of tyres I'm on now, so that's, that's not bad going. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at so, all. Joe, let me ask you something. Um, what's the what's people's reaction to the kidney grill now that you've driven a car quite a bit? Um, I would say the majority of people um, really like it. Uh, that, you know, as we all know, it's it's a better looking. It makes more sense in real life than it does on pictures. Uh, and now more and more people are seeing it. Um, the reaction to, to my particular spec, the Portsmouth Blue with the Kailami Orange interior, people have really liked online, which is great because it was a bit of a a blind. I think the last, in fact, the last time I spoke to you guys, I hadn't picked it up, and I hinted that you had a car on your Instagram that was the same spec, but I think it was an M4. Um, and I, I think it's a very spec-dependent thing as well, isn't it? Like, I've seen some that, that, that really accentuate the grills, and the car doesn't look that great. But on the whole, I reckon people are pretty positive about it. Um, of course, there are people that are still completely anti the grills, and I get that. Um, you know, I, I, I respect everyone's opinion. Some people are just unnecessarily rude about it. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, but, um, but, but it is, you know, it's, 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 uh, it, yeah, it's an individual choice, I guess. And, and I really like it, but it's interesting to see that they've not done it with the new two series coupe. Kept yeah, the, we'll talk about the that beaver. Sure. The, the, <laughs> yeah. Off that. So yeah, no, on the whole, it's pretty, on the whole, I think it's pretty good. I think, especially when people are there and they see it, it's only online. And as we all know, with recent stuff online with racism and all sorts people are very brave when they're online <laughs> behind their keyboard right when, they, when they're actually standing up close to the car or be there oh, oh yeah it's yeah. actually quite good it's keyboard like, yeah. warriors right? <laughs> it's, yeah. exactly yeah we, we love no. them don't we yeah. yes uh, <laughs> so let me ask another question yeah. what would be one thing that you would change on the car if you could oh good question um, I think the the one upgrade that I want to do that I haven't done yet that I'm hoping will improve the sound is, is an exhaust. Okay. Um, but see, you guys don't have OPF no. filters and stuff out there. So I'd love to hear, I mean, if it wasn't for the pandemic continuing, I, I would, you know, I'd love to have come up to, to the U S uh, this year. Um, and, and just see what your car sounds like because I'm sure it's it's a vast improvement over ours. And I think also your car's probably got a lot less fake sound pipes around the cabin, um, which 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 is one thing that's really started to sort of frustrate me a bit with, with my car is is the obvious fake sound that's around the cabin more so than than the F80 generation. And I think that's adjustable um, though, right? Yeah, it, it is, um, but. When you when you turn it down, there's literally nothing. It's almost yeah. like an EV. So then you turn it. It's yeah, it, it is adjustable, but I just don't think it's it's yes, it's just a pity. I want to, but then ironically, from the outside, from shots like when we did this track day for Michelin, and I heard some of the flybys, and my camera guy Patrick that was filming, 
you know, the first flyby he did, he was like, wow, that thing sounds like a racing car. And he films a lot of racing cars and, and he was really impressed with the way it sounds. So it's just a shame that it's so quiet inside. You know, there's so little organic sort of straight six going on in the cabin because it does sound pretty good from the outside even with the uh, with the stock exhaust yeah it sounds pretty good here uh, in the states i you know i just actually drove one last week and yeah it does definitely sounds good i don't know like obviously i haven't heard one uh, a european one in person uh, i've only heard like videos and stuff so it's hard to really judge if it sounds better necessarily but i i would say that if i owned one that would probably be my biggest upgrade so to speak was to get a new exhaust because it's just like i feel like modern turbocharged engines just don't sound as good as you know i'd like them to but it's still it's a, it's a good sounding engine and but you're right i think it, the inside does feel a little artificial but i don't think it's a m3 exclusive problem i kind of think that's a modern performance car problem absolutely yeah i mean i think also well, look, look. Oh, no. No, what I was going to say is that I've, I'm not sure actually um, if the M Performance exhaust uh, sounds that much better because the only videos that we've done uh, that were actually featuring the uh, European version of it, which I'm assuming it also has the uh, uh, you know, the filters on it. So basically, I would love to see an MP uh, you know, for the US and see what's the difference there. I mean, the sound on the one that we did wasn't you know that much better but um then again i think i saw one i think a Kropovich, maybe they came out with one um i think that's one that i saw that sounded pretty good so i'm i'm sure there is room to do that uh i just think that if you want to be uh, if you want to be a road legal in europe then you might not have a choice basically then to have the opf on it so that's never going to sound that much better yeah, I mean, I use, so on my M2 competition, I use uh, Remus. Oh, yeah, Remus. Uh, I yeah. use them on my M1 as well. And they're fantastic. They, they do a really they good, okay. in fact, for the M2 comp. Um, my car's still got OPF filters on it, um, but it sounds massively louder and better than stock. Um, but yeah, the, the and the M Performance exhausts, I do get the feeling that a lot of M Performance stuff now is form over function. Then it's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost the same catalog that you get for your 320 diesel that you get on your M cars. Yeah. That's like the, the spoiler, the exhaust system. Yeah. You know, you, you said it probably doesn't sound too different. I reckon it's all about, you know, it's visually different. In my opinion, it's visually sickening. But, um, <laughs> what, the, the stack, just like looks, a triangular pipes? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm not a fan yeah. at all. I think it looks horrific. Um, I think at least if you put that on, then people might talk about the back and front of your car in equal measures. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I get and the, the little canards around the front that they're not functional. The, the wing apparently produces absolutely no downforce. It's just there as a drag factor. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish that they would actually supply. Be great if BMW M supplied you parts for your actual M car that, that gave you some benefit to performance rather than just. Uh, you know, a, a parts catalog that makes it look like it comes out of, well, Halfords, I guess, Kmart or something. <laughs> in, 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 right. <laughs> the majority of stuff, not all of yeah. it. Some of it's quite classy. Like the lightweight wheels, the drilled wheels and stuff. I'm sure they they would give you a good advantage. But um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see some actual performance upgrades as opposed to visual visual stuff that looks so, good on, on Instagram. I think as far as the exhaust, I I don't think they would have an issue making that louder, right? I mean, if aftermarket companies can do that, I think BMW can do that as well. 
um, in my opinion, which I was actually going to ask him once and didn't have a chance to, uh, to do that. But I think they're just bounded by um, or restricted by regulations and laws. So if they're yeah. trying to sell that exhaust globally, then they probably have to cater to a lot of markets and then therefore they need to reduce the sound because uh, I don't think it's that hard to make an exhaust really loud. Um, so I think that's the that's the constraints they're working with. But um, I would love to ask them that and gonna get a definitive answer on it. But clearly, I mean, all the OPF you know, engines in Europe they don't sound as good, and you can see that by just taking any of the previous three-liter twin turbos and you know, just put them side by side, or even take the you know an N55 and all these engines that were before, and you can see that uh, you know, they sound quite different because of the OPF. So, um, yeah, as far as the stacked exhaust, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. I think they just wanted to to be different, and because the car, the entire car is different, they decided to go down that route. I don't know how many exhausts they were actually selling before, so I don't know if this is going to be a huge seller for them. They probably just wanted to get a little bit of uh, marketing out of it. I'm, I'm impartial to it, but I haven't seen it in real life either. So when I'll see it, maybe I'll... Um, I do know that from a, from a low angle, it does not look too great because we put out a video and uh, and we hear some feedback like, "Hey, you know that angle is really not that good." So, um, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting look. Um, it's kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the back of an Lexus LFA, but the Lexus LFA yeah, has yeah, very yeah, similar yeah. like stacked exhausts. Um, but that car kind of works because that car is insane, you know. Um, and yep. it's not really that good looking to begin with, so it's kind of just like okay, it, it works. But on the M3, it kind of is very jarring at the back. Um, I don't know, and yeah. it looks like you have to get an entirely different rear bumper, right? Like a whole rear diffuser needs to be changed yeah. to fit yeah. that different shape. So it's probably quite an expensive upgrade. Um, so you exactly. really need to like the look of it, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure there will be yeah. companies like Tuning Projects that will take advantage of that for the wow factor. So. Um... Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm sure, sure there'll happen. be exhaust companies that make like their own to fit that shape for anyone exactly. who likes it. But, uh, but Joe, how are sales yeah. in the UK? Um, have you heard anything on the M3 and M4? Are the cars selling well? or? Well, they are. It's difficult to judge at the moment because we, probably like you guys, we're having massive shortage in supply of, yeah. of cars. Uh, anything, any, in fact, anything, phones. Really? Um, anything with a chip right, in it yeah. Yeah. At the, uh, we're having massive shortages with so uh, BMW is really suffering uh, if you want a 1 series I think this was recently yeah. Tony told me there was like a 10 month wait wow. to, to build and buy a 1 series um, so it's it, the second hand market is becoming very interesting over here because we're obsessed with new cars and we have been forever and when I say new cars, our registrations change every six months and people love to have the latest number plate. Oh, really? So all of our number plates, apart from mine, which is private, has has a has a, a, a couple of numbers in it. And that uh, designates how new your car is. And honestly, people are obsessed. They'll, they'll change their car every six months or a year to have the latest plate. And obviously what that does is then, you know, our secondhand market is, is usually flooded and, and values just crash like really, really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But the last two or three months, uh, because of the shortage of new cars, 
everyone's kind of resorted back to nearly nearly new or slightly you know used and the used market started to peak which is which is really interesting yeah. so um so yeah it, it's hard to gauge how new car sales are i think it's going i think they're going pretty well um better than last year maybe not quite in line with 2019 um but as far as i'm aware they can't build enough at the moment so especially m cars um but i think m3 and m4 have sold pretty well i'm starting to see quite a few of them out there on the roads loads on social media in the uk yeah. um so yeah i, th- I think they've i think they've been selling selling pretty well um, interesting but yeah yeah i don't uh, how about What's that? how about in the states a bit have they yeah, been selling I, well I, mean, I don't know i don't know if horatio has better yeah i mean i've heard it all. That, it's all but... Market driven here, so you have different different parts of the country that sell better than the other. So you're always going to get more sales out of West Coast and South and uh, maybe you know North Northeast New York area. So I heard that they're selling well there. Um, certain places like Chicago, it's not a huge M market, but they're still selling the units that they have. I just don't know again um, how many how many units they have available. So they might just have very few, and then therefore they're selling all of them. I guess the real um, test yeah. will come when it's full production, and then you have a lot of you know units on the lot, and then see um, see what happens. Because compared to Europe here, very few people actually go to the dealer and custom order the car and wait for it. They just tend to show up at the dealer, uh, pick something off the lot, and and just drive off. And usually, uh, dealers kind of spec the cars with the most popular options and colors and all of that. So it's a little bit different process here than you do in Europe. I, th- mm-hmm. I think European customers are willing to wait for the car uh, in order to get exactly yeah. what they want on it. And I think that's a great choice. I would do the same thing. If I were to buy, you know, an expensive car, I would want to just make it exactly the way I want it. No, um, no cutting corners, basically. Right. Um, I mean, I guess, it's uh, funny. Yeah. You, you just explained just, uh, the like the exact cultural difference between Americans yeah. and Europeans is that we're impatient and lazy. We just want whatever is there on the lot right now. <laughs> we just go and I buy. I think it's it. more of an. Imp- I think we're more into impulsive buying, so an instant yes. gratification. I think when it comes to anything and everything, not just cars, we just love that instant gratification. That's mm-hmm. why for a long time, you know, malls and all all these shopping malls were popular here, and now they're really not because the online kind of replaced the instant gratification because now you're kind of getting the same thing through places like Amazon so on and so forth so you're still having the same uh, the same mentality just moved online but but yeah I mean we just love to to get it right away we, we don't like to wait too long and I right. guess if you have the money and you can just go to a lot and pick the car you want and then change it you know later on I guess yeah Good I think that. also we've we've probably got normally we would have like a six six to seven week build Building. lead time on a car because obviously they're only built across the water from us so it's probably longer for you guys and and also i think a lot of sales uh over here even on high-end stuff are usually f- for replacing your previous car that's also on a pcp or finance deal so um for instance yeah if tony had one of his customers that was that was just his car was coming to the end of the lease agreement that they would, he would build and spec the car to be ready in time for his old car to, do you know what I mean, to, to hand back. Um, so you kind of forward plan in that sense. But, but at the same time, I've always thought oh, it would be so cool if you had this big, massive BMW showroom with loads of like, M3s of different specs. And literally, people would undoubtedly walk in and go, oh, yeah, I want that one. I want that one and, and walk out. But 
I guess it's and we do have that here. Um, there are some dealers. I mean, I think there are over three hundred dealers in the U.S. And there are some dealers that they're M certified, so they basically uh, build right. their own M showroom. So in there, you will see yeah. you'll see a lot. I mean, there there's a dealer out of Chicago that basically um, last year, I think, when I filmed there, they had about ten, if not more, BMW individual colors, and you had all the crazy ones wow. from speedy yellow to Java green to even crazier than that, uh, purple. I wasn't purple, I remember the name. But basically, not necessarily because they wanted to sell them, but to them it was a marketing tool that they were using to attract people to the showroom. So when I walked in there, I was like, wow, that's a lot of cars. And that's in Chicago. And I'm assuming if you go to California, you might see even more. If you go to uh, uh, BMW of Manhattan, which is the only uh, factory yeah, store in the U.S., they have, that, or they have that there. I mean, that's an impressive facility, actually. So you do have that option to walk yeah. in and see some really crazy cars. And I know the guys in New York, they, uh, they used to spec a lot of cars with... Uh, you know, crazy individual colors, and uh, and they were calling them Skittles, and they sold mm-hmm. quite a bit of them, from what I remember. What's so that? The um, yeah, what's the one in California? They do. Mm-hmm. They always spec like the craziest cars. They had. I remember they had a three series, a three twenty i sports wagon that was like a hundred thousand dollars because it was had like every single M performance option. It was painted in like some individual rose gold color. What's that one? They it's, yeah. Uh, um, to look you know, Trish, a girl, I used to follow Trisha, who used to work there. She used to do these walk around videos. Oh, yeah? um, oh, what was his name? I forgot the name of the dealership, but there is oh, one out there. Trying to look it up. It's a massive, yeah, massive mm-hmm. showroom. Absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And Manhattan, it, it, yeah, it's cool that you mentioned that. those guys. I follow them on Instagram yeah. and I, I speak to their social media guy, and I just love that place. I mean, I can't wait to see. I just. I love what they do. I like the pictures they take. Mm. I like that they don't reproduce all of the stuff that they get sent from BMW Germany. They actually take unique pictures of their cars in New York and put it, and it's just, it's a cool Instagram mm. feed. So yeah, shout out to those guys. If they're, yeah, if they're, yeah, Louis, um, I think Louis handles that. He's a, yeah, yeah he's a yeah, great yeah, guy. Louis, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Louis is a great guy. Yeah, they do, yeah, um, they do a good job, you know, promoting dealership for sure. I think they also have a decent budget yeah. because they're at the factory store. So, um, you know they can uh, yes. they can afford to do all the stuff, but yeah, they definitely do some cool stuff. I love it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let me ask another you... question, Joe. Oh, before I... oh, yes, yeah, sure. No, no, no go, go ahead. Go. It's it's your turn. Okay. Um, now that you've had it for a little while, you said there were a couple of things that maybe uh, you don't like so much about the M3, it's like maybe some minor complaints or something like that. So, what are the things that you aren't in love with about your new M3? So. I mean, one of them we've talked about already, the, the, the sound, not so much the lack of sound, the lack of genuine sound, the, 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 the sound you get pumped around the cabin. I, I don't, it started to annoy me a little bit on the Petrohead tours, but you've got to remember that was nine days <laughs> of 10 hour days in a row. So yeah, so like 90 hours <laughs> in a car, basically nonstop. So anything starts to frustrate you and every car I've taken over there by the end right. of the week. You're you're nitpicking at everything, um, so it was a good time to really try and discover what I didn't like about right. the car. Um, and so, so the sound is one of them. Next next one is um, is the is the steering, and and not so much what the, what the steering, what the front axle does, because I think the front end on the new M3 and M4 is one of the best front ends I've ever felt on any car, regardless of what it is. Um, so that's amazing. Just the actual feedback that the, the steering feels um, 
I know it's an E-Pass electric system and they've, they've never been that great, especially BMW's ones. But, um, but I just find it's really lacking. And, um, and, and on track, ironically, it's all right because you can, you can kind of work your way up to understeer or you can feel the, the limit of the car and, and then you can suss it out and, and get used to it. But on the road, it's almost too good. Um, it, just, it just feels like that grip is endless. And in the M2 comp, for instance, you can start feeling the understeer coming in. You can start feeling the grip levels drop away on the road. But in 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 the new M3 and M4, because of the slight lack of, of feel and the extraordinary grip levels, um, I find it as a road car, it's almost, it's just almost too good. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but I just wish I could feel a bit more of what's going on underneath me. Um, than I can. So steering feel, sound, um, and and just how heavy it is on its consumables. So tires, okay, yeah, I've been driving it hard, but you can get through a set of tires in a couple of thousand miles on the road. Um, you can get through brake pads. I had a press car um, that recently that had 1,800 miles on it. So 1,200 of that is running miles. So you'd hope they'd be not soft. So 800 miles and the pads were down to the metal. Oh my so, God. <laughs> and my, my rear pads are completely shot and mine and mine's done 5,000 miles. So, so it's, 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 it's quite heavy on consumables. Um, but then I was talking to my good friend, Jonathan Benson, actually earlier on, who runs tire reviews, um, which again, big shout out to him. Uh, best. If, if you're into your tires <laughs> and you're real nerdy and you want to know everything about the latest tires, his channel yeah, is, is fantastic. And he's, He's very, very good at what he does. But we're actually talking about this earlier on. And I think that actually, I say it's heavy on consumables. I think it is because it's a heavy car and it's very fast. And obviously, the, the heavier car then the more performance on offer, then it's going to go through things. But I also think manufacturers, tyre manufacturers like Michelin that make best tyres, in my opinion, but their compounds to give the cars more grip and to make the tyres feel better, the compound, the wear factor on these high-performance tyres are obviously lower. Um, and the same with brake pads. I think the, the, the steel brakes on the new M3 and M4, I've never had any issues with them on track on road. They feel amazing. They feel mighty. Um, but I think a lot of that is down to the fact that BMW have actually fitted like a softer pad compound, so more of a racy pad compound that, that just is not going to last. Um, but in return for the likes of me or anyone that gets in that car to go, oh, wow, the brakes are amazing. So, you know, the press about the cars. So I really think there's been a bit of a change in the latest generation of the M cars where they've kind of sacrificed um, some wear and tear for outright feel and, and performance, which isn't a bad thing because I think yeah, if you're spending 80 grand in the car and you're going to push it hard, then you're going to expect to buy new tires and new, and new pads. And I'd rather have something that, that has better performance um, that might cost me a bit more in the long run. There's something that has very average brakes, like so many BMW M cars of old. Right. You know? Even the previous generation, the brake pads, the stock pads for the ones in the UK were terrible. <laughs> um, you know, they would glaze over very quickly or they just wouldn't operate. Very, they wouldn't have a big operating window and very inconsistent, whereas the ones in, in, the, in my M3 are just they're un, unreal. They're really, really good. So, so yeah, it's, it swings and roundabouts, yeah. you know. <laughs> What suspension do you have on the car? Uh, so it's totally stock suspension. Okay. Um, but I, I, I took it up to 
So there's a guy up in, uh, well, I, I call it up north, but it's kind of below Manchester. But anything above London is up <laughs> north for southerners. So <laughs> um, a, 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 a um, guy that runs a company called um, Suspension Secrets, and he does set up on fast road cars and racing cars and stuff. Um, so I got him to, it was quite interesting actually, because it was the first, he was really intrigued to, to, to get one of them on it, on his jig because he'd, he's done hundreds of F series cars, um, F series race cars as well, but he was interested to see what this car was all about stock and out of the box. Um, and actually it was completely different to a stock F80, um, for the F80 had a fantastic out of the box had a fantastic rear end setup apparently like almost spot on there wasn't too much you could do to, to make it any better but the front end was was very soft and not and, and you could play around with the front end of an f80 to make it a much more aggressive fast road car or track car so you know bring in um uh bring in tow uh, sorry um uh, bring in camber etc um and play around with the tow but but with the new car, the front end was, he said they've completely transformed the front end to a really aggressive fast road setup slash track setup, which completely makes sense because for me anyway, the first time I turned in one of the G80 or G82, I couldn't believe the front end grip. And obviously you've got the bigger wheel, the bigger tires, sorry, 275 section. It's a lot stiffer at the front end, but but a lot of that amazing traction and grip that I was talking about earlier on actually is down to the fact that yeah, there's almost two degrees of negative camber out of the box on the front end of those cars. So um, so he didn't play around with the front much, but the, the rear he played around with quite a lot. Um, we talk about the rear wheel drive, uh, new M3, M4 having so much grip, um, which again, I noticed it instantly. And I think even Chris Harris said in his video, it took him three days to realize that he wasn't in an X-Drive car. It was in a rear-wheel drive yeah. car. And I'm sure that was quite exaggeration. But um, and, and again, the reason for that is the, the rears are set really flat. So I think my rears had 0.6 of a degree of negative. So they're almost sitting flush the tire on, on the tarmac. Um, so you've got amazing straight line acceleration. But what I found is once you took that car out on track, um, it would quite easily roll off its patch. So as soon as you loaded it up, as opposed to the sort of the wheel being, uh, the tire being like that, and when you load it up, it would flatten. It was already quite flat. So as soon as you loaded it up, it was coming off its grip and it was cut. The back end was a little bit skittish. Um, so he, he, he brought the, the rear end in a little bit to about 1.8, I think, which is about the maximum you could get from the stock setup. Um, and it didn't seem to lose any straight line performance, maybe a tiny bit of grip. But as soon as you load it up in a corner, it's just like the back end's amazing. So just little tweaks yeah. from the factory setup because um, there's quite a few adjustments you can do with it. And uh, yeah, so that was fascinating. It was just lovely talking to someone um, like Matt who just knows and understands everything so well. And, you know, it was all a little bit alien to me to start off with, but I started to at least pretend to understand what he was doing. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it was it was nice and actually feeling it instantly as soon as I got in it, I was like, Wow, this is this is made obviously you play around with the back and the front end feels different as well and the whole car um feels feels really good. So that's all I've done. I haven't haven't changed any springs or um or, 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 or you know, things like that or shock absorbers or okay. yeah, yeah, I wanna go stock. back to Chris Harris in a second because I had a question related to him and you and the cars, but um just one more follow up on the um on the daily driver. So do you feel like the ride is too harsh as a daily driver? Um, 
I, I don't think compared to the F80 competition, mm. no. Okay. Um, and I think if again, it's if you've got the comfort seats, it's a bit more comfortable <laughs> uh, as a daily, but for for a number of reasons. But it just takes that edge off. But also, and I know a lot of people just think that I'm the biggest. Michelin fanboy, and I don't know what gave him that <laughs> idea, but um, but but honestly, when I so over here, early cars like they always do, they came on Michelin's yeah. uh, PS4s, mm -hmm. and then as soon as the customer delivery cars started coming, they they put the P0s on the P, I think they're called PZ, yeah, PZ4s, which are the latest uh, generation, which are so much better than the previous ones, so that they're very good tyres still. But there's one thing that I, undoubtedly that a P0 gives, and that is quite it's quite a hard it's a it's a, it's a, um, a stiffer sidewall, and the actual rubber compound I think is a bit harder. And so mine came on a P0, so I did about 500 running miles on it, and then I swapped to the PS4s. And honestly, as soon as I swapped, like in the first 100 meters, I could feel the the edge, the the, the, the niggly edge had gone. Um, and so I really think that. Because I've had a few people that complained about their car. What tires are you on? P zeros, and and I really think that 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 sidewall and and the and the stiffer rubber um, makes that tiny bit of difference. So I think the ride quality, even for here in the UK, which is our roads are pretty average. Um, they're not even average. I don't want to use the word because it's a swear word. But they're, they're that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they are really bad. So um, so yeah, I, I think that the ride quality is very good, um, but. Yeah, it's obviously it could always be better, but when you think of the performance that's on offer, it's it's always difficult to sort of get best of both worlds. Yeah, for sure. What about the seats? Yeah, so the seats are an interesting one. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, that's probably one of the most common questions I get asked for people specking their, their G80, G82. Mm -hmm. Which seats should I go for? And it's like, well, I mean, it's hard. For, for me, it was always going to be the carbon buckets if anything, for social media, because, yeah. it, you know, they're, cool. they're a big talking point. Mm -hmm. um, but I I happen to fit in them very well. Like, I, I I couldn't, the first time I sat in that car in, in a studio, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how comfortable they are and how low I could sit. And um, and I've not looked back. And again, relating back to the Petroed Tours, we did those nine crazy days. And I say we, me and my other half is obviously a very different frame to me. Um, female, um, and so you know we, we both have very different seating positions and and and, and body shapes, and um, and I, ha I have to say like there wasn't one part of that trip that either of us were like even slightly uncomfortable. She doesn't like the fact that she has to kind of sit with her legs <laughs> apart with this carbon with the carbon cod piece yeah. as I call it in the middle. Um, but in terms of comfort, like honestly, if you, if you're going to be uncomfortable. It would be on a trip like that because of the relentless time you're sitting in the seat and i i think just like a really good firm bed those seats although they're firm and they look like they shouldn't be comfortable they fit most people like a glove and i think if if, if you're sitting well and firm um and supported then uh then you tend to not get uncomfortable um so yeah the only but the negative the un, undoubtable negative with them is getting in and getting yeah. out um for everyone doesn't matter what shape what size you are getting in and you almost need uh like a handle on the right. a pillar you know like lower down as the a pillar goes mm -hmm. up you need a handle there to pull yourself out like some race cars have because 
yeah, that's that's tricky. Um, it's it's easier in the M4s because you've got a bigger door to get in and out of. In the M3s, it's it is yeah, it's it's you get used to it, but then you jump in a normal car. Like I get back in my M2, and I'm like, oh wow, this is <laughs> easy to get in and out of. So, so yeah, it's, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, but um, but I love the carbon buckets, and when you're out on track, they're just they're epic. They're really yeah, really good. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm a huge fan just, myself. Yeah. I uh. Like, it's funny you say that you fit in them so well because you're much taller than I am. You always make a joke that you're six foot four, right? In your videos, you always say, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm only five foot nine. I'm pretty short. So I'm a, I'm a little guy, but I fit in them yeah. perfectly. So it's funny that's like two yeah. very different sized people can fit in so well. Um, I think they're the best seats I've ever sat in, to be honest. I absolutely love them. But you're right, getting in and out is brutal and i can imagine that ownership i'm i'm i almost feel sorry for anyone who owns them because i i can see that um outside bolster the outside thigh bolster wearing really quickly because i mean there's no way to get in and yeah. out without rubbing against it really hard like there's just it's just not possible yeah. so i can imagine there's gonna be a lot of repairs on those in the future yeah you're, you're right and i mean yeah going back to one size fits all it really is i mean there's not there's a lot of seats out there that I know fit me really well. And some of my sort of less lanky mates don't like them or vice versa. There's a lot of seats out there that work like the Audi RS seats work very well for someone of your height. Um, but when I get in them, I just, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm literally sitting on the seat right. in it. And, uh, but yeah, that bucket is just, it's brilliant. I mean, the Porsche buckets have always been good, but with no backrest adjustment on the Porsche yeah. ones, um, it's fine if you're, you know, using it on a track day and because they're quite upright and almost perfect positioning. Right. But when you're just cruising around as a daily, you want to be able to knock that backrest back a bit and you can't you right. can't do that in that car. Whereas in the M3, M4, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a cool, very, I want one of those seats in my M2. That's <laughs> my, that's my goal is getting one of those in the M2. I think that would just be Well, that's what we got to do now. We so. have to commission BMW to make that and performance part that you can buy for anything. Just get those seats, just yes. make those yes. and everything. It's funny you said that they're yeah. adjustable too, because that was I've, in an upcoming video. Uh, it's one of the things I mentioned is the fact that you know when you get carbon buckets like that, like really thin, heavily bolstered carbon buckets, are usually not very adjustable. And these are, I mean, they're just yeah. as adjustable as almost every other BMW seat. And you can really. And another thing is that you can get it so low. One of my biggest complaints in yeah. modern sports cars of any kind is that the seat doesn't go low enough. And I'm pretty short, so that's pretty sad. Um, but in the, with those seats, it actually can go too low for me, and it's the only modern car that I've driven where if I go all the way down, it's too low. I have to actually bring it back up. So I'm, I, yeah, yeah, I look like a little child with the steering wheel above my head. But um, yeah, so I love the fact that, you can, that they're super adjustable. They can go super low. They're just incredible seats. Yeah, well, it's definitely the first seat that I've. Um, I mean, I'm I am tall, six foot four. Um, but my my upper body is I'm like I've got a really long long upper like torso, so I've got double the issue when I get in a car like like you said the majority of cars like my M2 M2 is just about possible but as soon as I put a helmet on, then I'm 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 driving you know my head's against literally squashed against right. the roof and 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 it, and that's the same for anything that any sports or supercar some supercars are even impossible for me to get a helmet on, but then. Yeah, to get in that, uh, it, it, like, and and to have two or three inches above my helmet, it, it just 
it's a yeah, it's a surreal feeling for me, and obviously that that is a big attraction to that car because uh, it, it never ever happens. So yeah, I feel like I'm in a race racing car. Yeah. It's racing cars. The seats are right on the floor, right. aren't they? Literally on the floorboard, and that's that's the, that's the driving position you want. Um, although yeah, again, that that then plays against you when you are trying to get in and out of a bucket seat that's on the floor. It makes it even harder to, to get in and out of. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So I said I'll go back to the M2 and Chris Harris. So, um, double question actually. So I I saw on Instagram that Chris Harris took an M2 CS. Uh, I believe it's in British Racing Green, uh, which I'm trying to yep. find out if uh, if it's a BMW individual or it was repainted after. Uh, so I haven't I haven't heard anything on it. If you know, I would love to hear um, if that's true or not. As far as being a BMW individual, and the second part is why did you pick the um, uh, G80, G82 over the M2 CS. Oh, okay. So, uh, first question about the Chris Harris car. I'd heard it was wrapped. I thought it was wrapped, wrapped as well, okay. but I didn't. I, I have no idea, so I don't want to say anything. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think it's wrapped, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. Um, but I, I personally, I love. I mean, I love greens, and I love. I think it looks. It's good. I've seen a few people online going, oh, we shouldn't destroy a BMW CS, you know, make it a different color. But I think it's quite cool. And especially if it's wrapped, then who cares? (laughs) Yeah, because the thing is, I guess over here anyway, it's cost almost about the same to wrap a car as it does to PPF it. And so a lot of people just wrap cars because it does the same job, doesn't it? It protects the paint and then you can just pull it off. So, um, so yeah, I, I quite like that combo. Um, and he's very adamant about his. He doesn't like his um, sun protection glasses. The, right. You know the rear, the rear windows being darkened out. So yeah. I think he had special order because you can only get the M2 and the M2 CS with the rear. It came standard with that glass. So I think I don't know where he got that glass from, but it's it's special. Yeah, yeah, he yeah likes the clear windows. Yeah, yeah, the clear windows, and they do. They are cool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be fussed either way. Um, but in terms of uh, okay, so okay, so instead of the M two CS, well, I think it's a difficult one. I think because I've got the M two competition, and and I love the M two CS, but I couldn't see or justify the price difference of whether I chopped my M two comp in and bought a CS or mm-hmm. or kept the M. I mean, keeping the M two comp and buying a CS would be silly. Um, it, it'd be too similar, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think the other the other thing that did sway my mind was when I was making that exact decision was when I realized that YouTube was becoming a full-time thing for me. Sure. And it was definitely supporting me more than my business, let's say, going back a year. Um, and at that time, the CS didn't really get too much traction on my channel. I didn't, people didn't seem very excited about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, some people thought it was cool, but it wasn't like, it wasn't it. Yeah, it wasn't getting any more traction than my M2 comp. Um, and so, so, yeah, I had to kind of think selfishly sure. in the sense that I, I, I needed, again, going back to my color scheme my car, it was more about what's going to work on the channel and what do I like, as opposed to mm-hmm. what would I have if it was actually my car and it was private. You know, if it was my car and private, I'd probably have it in like oxide with black leather or something. Um, but actually, the color scheme worked out well, and I really like it. Um, and the same with the, with the car. Yeah, the M2 CS, fantastic bit of kit, but the G80 made a lot more sense for my 
for, for, for my channel. Makes sense. Um, it was a new product. It's, you it's know, more of a marketing tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's not just based on that. Like, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I always, I always like to get things that I organically want for the channel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've seen so many people, YouTubers, whatever, buy things that, that are just in their head, the brilliant best thing in the world. And you think, God, mm-hmm. that was a really bad business <laughs> decision. And then, yeah. you know, three months later, they're selling it because it's done no, no views and, and it's just not generating any business for them. So, yeah. So it was kind of a, it was a bit of both, but it was also the excitement of this new car, the new platform, new grills, new bring it on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's okay. kind of kind of. It. I think all these new models yeah. have done a great job for uh, uh, social media, <laughs> for BMW as well, for us too. Actually, I think every time we post yeah. something on the M3 and 4, the 4 Series has created so much. Uh, you know, buzz around that, and uh, I would love to see some analytics from uh, the BMW social media team, which I'm pretty sure they were fantastic last year with the launch of those cars. Uh, people definitely talked about it quite a bit. So if that was one of the goals, uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, achieved. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely the most popular Yeah, exactly. No, definitely is. Let's switch over to a Goodwood Festival of Speed, one of the probably first or. One of, actually, I'm not sure if the first or one of the first ones that actually um, came back to life after COVID. And I think we did a video together for the first time, uh, which was kind of cool. Actually, yep. it's got a, quite a bit of traction. I, I noticed that the other day for uh, for a channel that's you know smaller than yours, I think we've we've got really good uh, engagement on it. So I think we should do more of that. But um, just leeching off of yours right now. Exactly. We're uh, yeah, we're trying to gain some popularity <laughs> on your back, Joe. <laughs> but no, it yeah, was, no, no, no. was a good one actually. I I've, I've noticed some of the people doing those, and I think um, I, I think they're fun because you bring two different perspectives. And um, yep. I think it's fun for both. And um, but yeah, so what do you think about the new two series? Yeah, so, uh, well, firstly, yeah, the Goodwood Festival Speed, um, anyone that's listening, honestly, it's, uh, okay, this year it was a bit reduced because of obvious reasons, but if you're if you're thinking about doing the ultimate, sort of coming to the ultimate motoring event, then try, if you're coming from the States or wherever you're coming from, try and budget yourself one year to go to the Festival of Speed um, because it's just brilliant. You, 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 you're... you're there's everything there, you know, drift cars, Formula One cars, road cars, uh, and then there's all the drivers from all generations. And you're walking along, and one minute you've got like Jensen Button walking past you, <laughs> then Emerson Fittipaldi's in front of you, and it, honestly, you're you're literally physically bumping into these people, yeah. um, and it's just it's a really surreal experience. And I've been going for many years now, and, and I still go back, and I still feel the same sort of buzz. So so it's a brilliant event. So that's uh, definitely worth worth uh, attending. And then, yeah, the other bonus is you get to see, you know, normally manufacturers will launch a few cars there. Um, and BMW, well, showed us the, 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 the new 2 Series, the G, 2 Series Coupe. I keep forgetting to say because obviously they've got the 2 Series. Yeah. We're all trying to forget that is, one now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I have to say, yeah, it's obviously, once again, the talking point was, the back end of the car, <laughs> not the front end of the car, uh, leading up to that, which I think is so funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a BMW doing it. Are they sick of everyone talking about the front end? <laughs> They're like, let's just make it look a bit weird. Um, but actually, uh, in person, again, just like with the the, the, the M3, M4, um, it, it starts to make more sense. It is 
it's it's radically different to the to the outgoing two series coupe. Um, and I really like it. I think they've done a good job with the majority of it, even the back end. It's not to my exact taste at all, but 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 it's it's not offensive. It it, it kind of I love the side profile of the car. I think it just looks epic. But it's so big. I mean, it's like oh really? It's a little yeah. Well, it's, I think it's ten ten centimeters longer than the because it's on the it's on the three and four series yeah. platform, and I think the wheelbase is a bit shorter. And the overhangs are a bit shorter, but fundamentally, it's the same width, about the same sort of height. And um, and when you look at the weight, I think it's just over seventeen hundred kilos, so it weighs as much as a three or four series. Um, and when you get inside, it's essentially a three or four yeah. series. It's it's which which isn't a bad thing. Um, and but yeah, with a few little details like the door cards are very different, which is quite funky, um, with some lighting elements and stuff in them. And, um, but it's yeah, it's a cool car. I'm I'm looking forward to driving it. Um, it's very fast. The M240i X Drive is is sounds like it's very quick. Um, and uh, yeah, again, the one they had one going up the hill, and it was very quiet. Like you couldn't hear it. In fact, there was an electric car. I was with my mates on one of the evenings, and was sitting out on this uh, this like lawn bit. Um, one of the many lawns that you can kind of sit on and watch the cars go up the up the hill, uh, and <laughs> we're waiting for the M240i. And I think we we, we sort of put our heads down to drip, drink a, a glass, a, a sip of the champagne that we had, and 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 we looked up and we could see it on the big screen, and it had actually gone past us, and it was already up the hill, and we're sitting like twenty <laughs> meters away, and it gone past flat out without us hearing it. So obviously that's a Euro spec car, so hopefully the ones you get will be a bit louder. But once again. As Horatio sort of mentioned earlier on, it's not the manufacturer that you know people people talk about, complain about cars getting quieter and quieter. But we can't point the fingers at manufacturers. We have to point the fingers at the regulations and the, the strict rules that they have to deal with. And I think every six months they seem to get tougher and tougher. Um, but yeah, it was actually quieter than an electric car that went up after it because that was emitting some crazy like sounds as it was going <laughs> up. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think what people don't, I think what people don't realize, Joe, is that um, different automakers, based on the on the volume of their uh, yearly sales, they um, they have different rules to um, to abide. Um, so basically, that's why large automakers have to, you know, have the fleet, you know, to be more fuel efficient, have to have the you know the sound be um, a little less aggressive. So I think it's all based on volume. That's why some sports car companies can still. Not produce that sound. They don't have to follow the the full rules. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's like why a Lamborghini will cause... still shatter your eardrums because they don't have you know the same yeah, vol- sales volume, so that they might not have to meet certain re- regulations. Yep. Um, I don't think that's well so, explained a lot of times because I've never looked into the regulations for each market or each country, and I'm sure they're quite different. But to say that you know BMW, Mercedes, or Audi, they can't make you know good sounding cars. It's it's just not true. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, they've done it before, so yeah. mm-hmm. they can definitely do it. But but I agree. I mean, we do. We are fortunate that we still get them in the U.S. So I think that's that's great for us. I don't know for how long if that's going to change, but eventually it will change all going to electric. So. Yeah. So we should just appreciate just whatever they sound the, like while they last. The, uh, yep. Yes. Yeah. Interesting points on the two series. Um, I think it, you, you're absolutely right. So I'm going to give you my opinion, even though you never asked me. But I will. <laughs> uh, it is a. What's your, your opinion? opinion? <laughs> yeah. 
It is bigger. I haven't seen a car in real life, which hopefully I will soon. Um, it's, I think it's about three inches longer, um, a little bit wider. Yep, so yep. Not huge, but yeah, definitely longer. I think that comes from, from what I heard, again, um, internal studies that BMW has done. The customers want a little bit uh, bigger sports cars. I guess the entire automotive world wants that. So I guess that's the reason why they're a little bit larger. And as far as the equipment, what I'm trying to find out, I've been... I've been trying to find this out for the last uh, you know week or so. Um, what's the what's the U.S. weight? Because we have a different um, different way that we measure cars here, right? Am I right, Nico? Uh, the, slightly, yeah. Yeah, it yeah so I think the European. Yeah, the European. I think it it takes the 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 driver uh, half a tank yep. full mm-hmm. of gas, and also they use some of the most popular options the customers pick for the cars and that's what they use to weigh the car right yeah it's so like an average the US of, one. of their most popular exactly. options that way and then i think it's 75 kilos to account for a driver and um some luggage right yeah so that's why the yes. u.s numbers are a little bit lower always but I, I've, I've also looked into the options so what i noticed is that the previous two series did not have things like surround cameras did not have a head-up display and a few other standard features that are now part of the two series i don't know how much weight those add but i guess if you if you look at that they will they'll will probably add some weight to the car and therefore uh it, it is a little bit heavier so i think it, it's a combination of standard features you know bigger car and all of that it makes it a little bit heavier um i'm pretty sure the m2 will try to save some weight and we can talk about that next i mean i'm sure they will use more carbon fiber on that and you know the hood and other things to lower the weight so to make it really fun to drive but um overall i like the car i know the designer that did the car i kind of understood some of the things that he did um maybe the only thing that i don't fully enjoy or like it's the uh the are the taillights I would have probably done the L shape inside, you know, the the normal way, not downwards, not pointing downwards. But um, yeah. I think in a facelift, that's easily fixable. It's not a, it's not a. But I would love to see it up, you know. It just for some reason, every every BMW you see from behind, you know, it has that L shape, you know, and it's easily recognizable yeah. and all of that. It's the only thing. But uh, I've also heard from you know uh, from Mark and some other guys that've seen a car in person that um, it looks significantly different in. In real life, it's much better looking. I think the press photos did not do the car justice. They they should have probably uh, shoot the car a little bit from the from like lower uh, to show its uh, you know its sportiness. I think a side more side views uh, would have been better because it shows that the car really has that sporty two series look. But um, we'll see. I mean, I I've, honestly I haven't seen the car in real life, so I can't really give my full opinion on it just based on the photos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the interesting thing about the weight. I mean, the weight thing. You're you're right. Exactly. There's a lot more technology in there, um, and also, um, I think it's. So I've heard it's 160 kilos heavier than the previous M240i. That was UK quote, uh, but then the previous 240i in the UK you couldn't get an X drive, so mm-hmm. that was just rear wheel drive, um, and I believe that was also. That was that was like that was for a manual gearbox car. Sure. Obviously, the new one is standard with a with a ZF8 speed, which is obviously weighs a fair chunk more. Um, so there are yeah, there's definitely some variables. And as we've found out with the new M3 and M4 that are definitely heavier than the previous generation, yeah. they certainly don't. I mean, they're just 
the performance, the power, everything else is ramped up, the grip levels. So you don't really, it doesn't feel like a big heavy right. dog. It just feels more planted and yeah, more yeah. capable. But I guess, uh, and weight, we, we go on and on about weight and, you know, cars are getting bigger and they're getting heavier and there's more technology. But um, I was on the Lotus stand. What's the new Lotus? Mira, Mira. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which looks fantastic. Yeah, and I know that. They've sold like two thousand units. Oh, really? Wow! Uh, yeah, uh, three. I know. I know three people that that, that put a deposit down while they're at Goodwood. <laughs> so I, I don't even doubt their figures. Like three of my good friends. And um, but the, 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 that Lotus is like obviously a stripped out, tiny little thing, two door. And I was listening to Jensen Button doing um on the Michelin stand talking about it, and he was like, you know, it's it's really good and it's refreshing to see a car like this. It weighs just under one and a half tons. It's like fourteen hundred and fifty yeah. kilos. So, and I was thinking, well, if if a Lotus that's two doors and has nothing inside, mm. if that's nearly fifteen hundred kilos, yeah. then of course a luxury two series with exactly. the X drive, and of yeah. course it's going to be seventeen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I yeah. think there's no way around. We need to stop thinking about the past where mm. you could get a car that would be a ton or eleven hundred kilos because the airbags and the safe, you know, you. Safety. Thankfully, there's forgot about that one. Safety, and then pedestrian safety exactly. as well, which is mm-hmm. all that. So again, a bit like with the noise regulations, mm-hmm. if we if we stop and if we stop yeah. pointing fingers at the manufacturers and actually stop and think, wait a second, what's that car got in it now that the last generation didn't? Oh, okay, it starts to make sense. And um, and if a little Lotus, the size of a Matchbox toy car, uh, mm-hmm. weighs fourteen hundred and something kilos, then you're like, okay. Okay, I, exactly. I get it. Yeah. You know, like, well, there, there's also uh, a bit of an advantage to the extra weight of the two series that I think people are forgetting, and it's that um, it's going to be a much, much stiffer car than the previous one. Yeah. So the yeah. G80, like the G80, isn't a very light car. I mean, it's not as heavy as people are making it out to be, but it still isn't a light car. But people forget how much stiffening and structural bracing there is in that, um, and because that's yeah. a lot of the reason why it feels so good. Is that chassis is so rigid yep. and so stiff that it just responds immediately. There's no slack in the chassis. There's there's none of that, and that's yep. a lot to do with a the upgraded G uh, you know G80 generation or you know G20 generation chassis, uh, and B all the you know the structural bracing. So when the two series is going to jump to that new chassis, it's going to be much stiffer because uh, it's based on the old yep. uh, F series, uh, three series chassis. The, the old two series is which isn't the most stiff of chassis. So that, that added stiffness is going to add weight, but it's also going to make for a much improved driving experience. So I think that that weight yeah. shouldn't be a concern for anyone, any enthusiast who's looking to, to maybe upgrade or anything like that. So yeah. look, actually behind me, I was able to pull up the image that I wanted to show you when I was talking about the taillights. So you see the, yeah. the official sketches. So uh, they did. They did go the uh, the L shape, basically the normal way, and I think they look fantastic, especially the red one. Uh, yeah, I like that. I mean, the red ones. one looks. Yeah, the red one looks really cool, right? So you can see it right there. I mean, that's that's the way that I want it to be. So that kind of leads me to um, uh, <laughs> to this thought that maybe that's what the designers really wanted, and somebody said, "Well, you know, let's try to make a little bit different," and then they went, you know, downwards. But I guess this is the original vision of the car. Of course, it just catches, and it, it often changes quite a bit to the production car. And always the sketches, from what I was told, they represent the the most aggressive body style that they can do on the car before they kind of tone it down for production reasons. Um, but even if you look at this, I mean, we can clearly see in both the images. You can see the, 
know, the taillights with the L shape pointing upwards, yeah. Which, yeah. which is, I mean, especially the red one, I love it a lot. And then again, um, I love the sketches because it also gives you an idea of the um, upcoming M2. And maybe we can end <laughs> yes. with that. Um, and I can do the intro and then you can tell me what you think, Joe. But uh, I've heard unofficially yep. that uh, it will be, uh, it's a its a fantastic looking car. It's done, it's completed. Apparently it's very aggressive. It will be probably the most aggressive M car they've done in a while. Um, has a lot of racing uh, inspired design elements. So what I was told is that there are lots of air openings and uh, that kind of leads me into the um, uh, there was a leak a few days ago on a bumper uh, that was shown in China, and which allegedly shows the um, the M2 front end. People are back and forth saying it's not real, it's fake. Uh, but from what I heard, uh, it might be the real deal. I'm not sure exactly yep. how we ended up there. What's the reason behind it? But there were there were some leaks out of China uh, with the G80, G82. Also, the, the front bumper leaked first. People didn't believe it, and there was another leak. On the two series, actually, uh, like even probably two years ago, and yeah. people didn't fully believe it. Even though the car was fully unveiled, I mean that was probably the biggest leak I've seen where the car is fully unveiled two years before um, its market introduction. Yeah, and that was so right. Remember the headlights were a big controversial oh, yeah. thing. It was like they're not going to put yeah, those exactly. headlights on there, and lo and yeah, behold, exactly. And that's exactly <laughs> what it was. That was that was the car. Basically, if you look at the front end, that was exactly the car. So I think the the leak it's it's pretty real, and uh, then they. The rendering artist, they did a bunch of uh, renderings on it. Actually, let me start with this. So you can see this is the new this is the new front end. Of course, you know, there's some elements that are probably going to be off. Um, they're always not yep. identical, but um kind of gives you an idea of that bumper that I was talking about. Let me go this way. So um, lots of air openings, apparently, you know, racing style. Kind of gives me the impression of a GT3 uh, BMW. So... That's kind of what I heard. Uh, aside from that, I heard it's really a really fun car to drive. I don't know if that just hype, yep. you know, being created before, but I've heard it's uh, it's fantastic drive, and it might be just the last M2 that we get to see it in with a combustion engine, right? So, um, right. but um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm at. And this is a rendering that came out before the um, yeah, this guy on Instagram, uh, Magnus. That concept, he does some fantastic renders as well and also the BMW 43 guy as well but this is the one that Magnus did and um, this was before the leak came out and um, yeah I actually wouldn't mind a car to look like this the M2 yeah and that this one would be, this would be yeah, this would be funky, pretty yeah. cool yeah. honestly I love the, the intake uh, at the bottom it will, it will be super cool but regardless so tell me what do you think about the new M2 um, based on the 2 series do you think it has the potential to be even better looking than the M240i yeah, well, I think uh, I talked to Mark about that Schmark 150 when we were looking uh -huh. at the car and we were, we were imagining it with the bigger hips and the quad pipes and, you know, the, 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 the more aggressive front end. Um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be epic. Um, I think when the first generation M2 came out in 2016, um, that had such an impact, didn't it? And although it wasn't massively different to, say, the M4 of the time, it, it 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 just had really cool dimensions like the big hips and just it had a real aggression about it which made people want to buy it and i think that the new one is gonna is gonna continue that um and i i like well i like both of those renders obviously the second one would be the choice but i think as you say it's gonna be Sorry. it's gonna undoubtedly be more like the first one um which which again i don't i don't object to um and i think it will be very open like that one 
um, because I actually had the bumper off my, my one recently to put some mesh behind it. And when you pull the bumper off the new yeah, the, the GAC, which is essentially going to be the same, isn't it? Same engine, same cooling, yeah, the same. It, it, there is, it, like, it needs that. It needs it needs the grills that we all talk about because there's there's just so much going on there that that need that requires a lot of air to go in. So I think it's going to be very open um, to, to compensate for the lack of the big grill. Um, but I just, yeah, I think is it going to be as pretty as the old one? Here's the M2CS. I, I just pulled it up as the m2cs or the m2 comp yeah. um i don't think it is initially but i think like with everything you know in six months time the m2 my m2 is going to look quite old uh it, i don't think they're going to date massively quickly yeah. i don't think they're going to look old-fashioned yeah. but they're going to look that they are going to look old compared to the new generation um i'm intrigued to hear in the uk anyway with, I, I was told that we're only going to get auto in the in the new M2, but sense. then, well, sat, yeah, sat, yeah, and then, but then I was told by one of the product managers on the on the Goodwood stand that that that's not true. So now I'm oh. really confused because I've been told from day one that we're not getting, we're only getting auto, um, which was the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah. And I know they weren't so many manuals over here, but I think retaining a manual M car is really important um yeah. uh, regardless of how many they sell it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good you know something to shout about yeah um, i think they'll so, do yeah. it honestly because uh, being probably the last of its kind i don't see bmw taking out the manual that's kind of their last chance to uh, to use that manual to show that they're still a sporty brand so from a marketing yeah. perspective if i was a marketing guy at m i'll be like yeah for sure let's put that m in doesn't matter how much it costs uh, let's bring it to yes. as many people as possible because you know, if you look down the road 10, 20 years, that will be a collector's item for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, we'll yes. probably never see manuals. So who knows? Who, who knows what happens in this world? But for a long time, we're not going to see manuals. So that will make sense for them to do that. And I hope they do it. I mean, it can be that huge of an investment to just carry it over from the M3 and M4. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because yeah. it's probably going to be a Let's similar see. state of tune to the standard M3. So the transmission yeah. probably won't need to yeah. be changed or, or modified uh, at all. No. So. It's probably simple. But we don't we don't even get we don't get the M three or M four in, in manual either over here. Exactly. Um, which which I kind of do to be honest, I I kind of understand because the, I think <clears> the uptake was like two percent. Yeah, very long. Um, and most of that uptake was in the early days of the F eighty F eighty two towards the end, and they just weren't selling any manuals. Um, so I get that decision, but I know when they told me originally when I saw the uh, those early M three M fours, I said to the product guy in the UK, I was like. I can deal with that, but please just tell me that you're going to bring a manual of the new M2 because yeah, you just you just need it from from a purist point of view. You need it, um, you know. Uh, I think yeah, everyone everyone loves a manual, and exactly. uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it's gonna it's exciting. I, I I hope the new M so I'm hoping the new M2 feels a bit lighter on its feet. I hope they've managed to discover find some steering feel. Yeah. Um, uh, from, from from you know from, from the GAC, I hope they've managed. To, I don't know how they will, but just find something, you know, a bit of a nice. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about the driving. I mean, I've heard it, it's going to be spectacular, but I haven't really got into the details of you know suspension and steering feel and all of that. But I was told that um, um, it will be it will, it will be a better drive. There is no way they it want, and then uh, it will be exciting. So. We'll see what that means next year, and there's still a way to go. I just hope that they, uh, whoever is responsible for the M2CS specifically, 
Like whoever the team that did that car needs to be need they need to do every single M car yep. forever from now on. Like that the M two C S just mm-hmm. I know the changes Perfect. aren't like hugely different from the M two comp, but it's like it's just a, a nearly perfect car uh, in the way it, the steering, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the balance, everything, it even rides better than the M2 comp somehow. Like it's, it's just this wonderful little car. So if, if that team can trans like migrate to the new two series or the new M2, you know, that's going to be yeah. amazing. Here is a fun fact, Nico. It's a very small team at M. So the chances I'm are sure. it's the same guys working on every single. No, car. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but like the, the, the design ph- or the, the philosophies yeah. rather like the, the lessons learned there yeah. need to transfer because, you know, I mean, look at the F, you know, the F80 M3 and cars like that. Like when they first debuted, they weren't really that great. You know, they were good, but they weren't spectacular. Which, like, which ones? Like the F80 M3. And you look at like you go back not too far and M cars weren't, um, you know, as spectacular as some like the M2CS, which is sort I think of. they leave gaps, though. Yeah, they do. They, they leave gaps. Yeah, like We've talked about gaps. this. I think they, exactly. They have yeah. to leave like a gap, right? I mean, there is it's still the same team probably that builds the, the regular car, the competition, and then the CS and the CSL and so on and so forth. But the, you have to leave gaps, again, for marketing purposes so you can sell those cars at a higher price, sell them, you know, as a special car. But, again, from a junior perspective, I don't think it's a limitation on their on their skill set. It's really just a, a sales limitation, marketing, and all of so that. So the cynicism of business the, is getting in the way of our delicious sports cars? I mean, cars. think about it, right? So if you're making the M2 base car or the M2 competition so good, what's the reason for you to buy the M2 CS if it's not that much of a better drive? Of course, you're getting some special colors, but it's not enough. So I think they need to leave in enough room in between cars to say, yeah, this is a much better car. And my hope is really with the M2, the new one, it's not necessarily just the M2CS, but I'm really hoping they're going to make an M2CSL. I think that's the one that I really want to see. Uh, they've been talking about it for years, you know, and I've heard rumors about that, but they've never really got to it. Um, and that would have been a cool one. I do know that they got to, um, and that's a fun fact, that I don't know if I should say <laughs> it or not, but I think they they uh, they did an M2 with an electric drivetrain once to kind of play around to see what he can do. Really? But that was a while back. Yeah, That'd be wow. fun. Off the record. Off the record that we're going to post to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot of details about that, but that was a fun fact. So I guess it, may, it makes sense. Emmy's playing with electrification, so uh, I'm I'm assuming it's not the only car. I, th- I think even Alpina said that they had a you know, bunch of cars they were testing with electric and all of that. So it's nothing really new. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all they do, you know, research and development. But uh, about the M2, I mean, I was looking at this for right now. I think they're going to go finally back to a um, uh, two-piece Kinney grill. You can see the M2CS had the um, connected yeah, one. In the middle. And based on the bumper that I saw here, I think they're going with a two-piece again. So I don't know. We'll see what that's going to look like. But uh, yeah. one thing that I noticed, actually, and you guys can tell me if I'm correct or not, it feels like they're differentiating the M2 quite a bit from the 2 Series. So. Mm-hmm. Previous generation was kind of like based on it quite a bit, but now it seems like it's like the you know M3 and M4 from the uh, regular three series. They're kind of changing things around quite a bit for the M car to stand out even more than the M240i. Maybe because the M240i, the M240i is already really good looking, and I don't know, Joe, you you tell me, but I saw the photos and and the car looked like almost like M2 ready. Basically, you, you're looking at the new M240i and you're saying, well, it's close to the previous M2 uh, as far as the design. So um, I think in order to, they probably made the M240i so good looking because it's selling really well. So they want to sell that car you know, with an even more like aggressive body style. 
but I'm uh, that leads me to uh, the conclusion that they probably want to do the M2 different than the M240i as far as design. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I think the like you said, it's the new two is is an impressive looking bit of kit. I think it definitely looks more aggressive and more purposeful than the four series. Even the four series, you know, it's got those really long rear three quarter panels, and mm-hmm. it kind of makes it look elegant and maybe sexy or whatever. Mustang, some <laughs> people say, but um, yeah. but 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 it, it, it's hard. Even the M4, I think, lacks that aggression from the side because of its really long. Uh, rear three courses, whereas the the, the, the two, is, it just instantly looks more aggressive because it's a bit shorter, a bit punchier. Yeah. Um, and as you say, yeah. In fact, in that purple, I don't know if it's technical, I don't know what color that was. Thunder Knight. Thunder, Thunder Knight. Oh, that's cool. Um, that that it, it's a cool color, but to me, it didn't do the uh, it didn't do the, the angles and the creases and anything in the car any favors. Um, especially with a black background, um, you couldn't really see its its sort of rear arches. You couldn't really; it all kind of blended in quite, you know. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. subtly. Whereas yeah. there was, yeah, there was that uh, Brooklyn Grey one as well, and that although the Brooklyn Grey doesn't really show off creases and, and and arches and stuff out in the sunlight, it definitely looked a bit more aggressive. You could see the rear arches. Um, so I'd like to see one. There was a frozen Portimao i4 on the stand, and I think if if that two series was in that color, it would have yeah, looked more aggressive because you would have seen the rear arches sticking out a bit further. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. But I think yeah, the M2 definitely is going to have bigger art, bigger ass on it, and um, and yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I really am, um, and it'd be interesting to see where they how they price it. I'm guessing it'll be around sixty-five grand or something here in the UK. Oh, is it really? Um, I think so. Yeah. Well, the M two forty i is going to be forty-five. The M four is seventy-five grand. So maybe, maybe, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised because I think when the M two was launched in twenty sixteen, it was it was only a small bit cheaper than the M four. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Interesting. Charge, charge whatever. You're gonna trade your comp in. M2 comp in when anyone uh, comes out? Uh, well, I think if the minute they confirm that there's a manual, then maybe. <laughs> but until, until then, I don't know, though. I really, I, I'm sure it's going to be great, but I'm sure it's going to be very similar to the M3 and M4. Um, and, and and I just I kind of, I love what my M2 comp gives me. It's a real different experience. It feels so when I jump in that now, it feels generations older than the, than, than the M3, you know. And it is a generation older, but it really feels properly old school. Um, and I love the fact that, yeah, okay, it's LED backlit, but they're kind of analog dials and mm-hmm. the interior is like, feels so dated now. But again, I don't care because everything I want is there and everything works. And and, and I just, yeah, I love that. So I think if I can afford to keep that um, going forward, then then I think I will because it is, Should. It's, it's yeah, it's pr- pr- pretty raw and, yeah, it just it feels massively old school, but yeah, they only stopped making them six <laughs> months ago, a year ago, or something, which is crazy. But yeah, it's cool. I think they stopped car. in the in in the uh, actually in Europe, uh, in the US, they um still built them until recently, actually. Okay, yeah, because uh, I saw you had like M two CS deliveries very recently, haven't you? Some people have been getting theirs and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. So we're getting them late. So it stopped in Europe because of the um, um, emission regulations on that uh, engine. What is it? Um, slipping on the S55. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the S55 was supposed to be phased out in Europe, I think, last year because of the emission regulations, so they didn't want to certify it again. Um, but okay. the U.S. did not have that, so that's why the deliveries on the M2CS started in uh, Europe first and other parts of the world, and then the last units are coming to the U.S., so that's why you're seeing more units now in the U.S. But I don't remember when the M2 competition production stopped for the U.S., but it was absolutely uh, later than the uh, European one, and yeah. that's the reason why. Okay. Yeah. A lot of uh, details. So what's next for you, Joe? Uh, good question. Um, I, I don't, I don't, strangely, I don't, I've been so looking forward to Petrohead Tours and then Goodwood Festival nice. Speed and, and then suddenly it's all finished and um, I'm kind of like, I haven't really got too many things booked in. There's a lot of cars that I'm excited about driving, like the new M3 and M4 X-Drive that's that are coming to the UK mm-hmm. in the next couple of months. Uh, obviously, the new 2 Series, six months away. Um, the new Audi RS3 I'm quite excited about, um, which, again, is coming towards the end of the year. Um, hopefully get the, uh, get my hands on the new GC3 as well soon. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing crazy over the next sort of two months. Um, uh, might actually take some time off and have, like, a real <laughs> holiday as opposed to a holiday, if we can, if, if, if you know, if we're allowed to. Um, yeah. And uh, but yeah, just keep my head down, keep pumping out some content on hopefully both my cars, and I'm sure other bits will, will fall into place. But for the first time in a while, I've not actually got my diary for the next six weeks. Not is not full of press cars coming in and stuff. So um, so I'm just gonna. What I want to do is I've, I've been dying to get out to Germany, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll be able to do that um, and just base myself at Nurburgring for for a month or so. Um, and just, I've got lots. I've been offered lots of very cool, mostly BMW um, products uh, yeah. in and around the ring that I would. Yeah, so I'll just spend a month out there and just literally like nice. well, I have that for a day. I have that for a day. And um, cars like the Brilliant. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the Apex at Nurburgring. They've got that F80 um, Shermer oh. M3 Taxi. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, that's that's awesome, and obviously Robert, who owns it, is uh, it's kind of more of a road car now because they've stopped doing the taxi services. Oh. But just really cool converted, you know, specials um, that are obviously two to the dozen out there in that sort of area or part of the world. So yeah, I'm hoping hoping I get to do that very soon. Um, bit of a change of scenery, and uh, yeah, jealous. That, are you planning on going to the uh, Munich Auto Show? Uh, I'm not actually. Okay. Um, I, I don't even know when is that. Is that September time? Uh, sometimes early September. I haven't looked at dates yet. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not. But, yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe I will. <laughs> I guess that's the that's the first major auto show really coming back after after last year. So I'm kind of curious to see yes. how that's going to play out. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, thinking about it too. Is so, it the first European one or just the first one in general? Because I know New York think, is September. Oh, actually, there was one. Oh, I think or August. Right, there's one in Europe, and there was one in China too. Yeah, there was one you're in right, China. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the first year because we had. I think well, Geneva was meant to. I was meant to be going out to Geneva with my mate Steph last year. Uh, in when was it? End of March usually, and that's when everything. Yeah, literally yeah that, kicked that was off like the first thing to really cancel. Or, or, yeah. It was, exactly, yeah. It, that was the first thing to, yeah. 
it was like basically ready as well and and then they pulled the plug on that and then everything else just collapsed so that's what i remember thinking like oh this is really bad (laughs) like i remember reading like geneva auto shows canceled i was like oh boy if they're canceling this event with thousands of people uh this might get serious and then i guess it did yeah, 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 yeah. It was an expensive auto show too, so Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, if they're willing yeah. to like all right, we're not gonna do this or they have to, you know. We'll lose all that money, that's a problem. Yeah, what do you guys got? Have you guys got anything uh interesting coming up? Not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not really of... many events so we anymore. Well not for a yeah, while, I, mean, I guess. There is a test. Yeah. We have this annual test fast in the US uh, twice a year. So the next one, it's in October. So basically they have like three days and they bring all the new cars to the track uh, in Palm Springs usually. So you're yep. basically getting, I don't know, 10, 15 cars that you can drive, Minis, Rolls Royce, BMWs. So that's kind of fun usually. So that's one. Um, Pebble Beach Car Week or Monterey Car yeah. Week is coming Yeah, back. I think it's on. It is on, yet. right? Um, yeah, so I don't know if I'm... I need to look into that. I mean, it's um, it's always a nice venue. It's kind of like a mini vacation. Oh, it's amazing. Too, it's just uh, while you're getting content. So expensive. Yeah, so that's the next one. It is expensive, yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, we're hoping to drive again the i4 and iX. Hopefully soon there is something going on with that as well. So um, yeah. we're definitely going to focus a lot on the electric cars um, the next few months. Yeah, I can't wait to drive those. The BMW side, I think we'll see the, we'll see the X7 facelift very soon. Yep. An interesting facelift uh, with the split headlights. So, yeah, is it, yeah. I wonder, is it actually going to get those? Can you say, do you know? Oh, yeah. It really is going to get oh, split yeah. headlights. It's, it's not just uh, rumor. Oh, yeah. No, it's boy. getting those. I'm, I'm just preparing <laughs> myself one. for the comments section already. You love it. Yeah, right. I don't know if it's going to be that controversial. I mean, it will be, but the X7 sells so well it in the does. US that I, I don't think that would, that will stop it. I mean, basically, it's such a such a good car, basically for the US. I mean, people just love it here. It does everything it's supposed to do. So I don't think customers will be like, "Oh, I'm not going to buy." I mean, if they bought the car uh, and when he had that huge mm-hmm. grill and it was the first time they seen that big, I don't think the split headlights. We're will. just perpetuating I mean, American stereotypes right now that will buy any gigantic yeah. SUV, no matter what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, as long yeah, as it's big. Sense, yeah. it, you know what though? In fairness, man. it's a good car. It is. Yeah, it no, really it is. It, well, that's time I drove it, which, because uh, uh, the X5 is brilliant. X5 is, in my opinion, the best large SUV. What we call yeah. the large. Yeah, they're today. tiny. Yeah. Um, on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like your baby SUVs, and 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 the first thing I remember when I first drove the X7 was, wow, it feels just like the X5, which is the biggest yeah. compliment you can give it, with even a slightly better ride. So it was like, yeah, it was a no-brainer, and they sold again. There's still waiting this. There always has been since the X7 really? launch here. They couldn't oh, build yeah. enough of them, and they're big, big weights for this X7. Because value-wise, I think they started at about 65 grand yeah. or something. It's great value. It's like 7 Series money, and it comes yeah. with more space. It's more comfortable. You know, it's, yep. uh, it's awesome. Yeah, I was never able to find any fault to the X7, honestly. I mean, I just... I, people ask me all the time, should I get a you know Mercedes? Should I get the X7? Should I get a Q7 or a Q8 or whatever? I'm like, I don't think they do the same thing. It's what you like, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, different driving experience a little bit, different, you know, materials inside and design, different philosophy, really. So, but they all do a good job. And, and the X7 does, honestly. I drove the car on a very long road trip and 
it was perfect. It was exactly what it was supposed to do, carrying a lot of, you know, luggage mm-hmm. and people and kids and all of that. So, and it, and it was the M50i2, so it was fun to drive, actually. Yeah. It was, uh, pretty punchy. And, and its third row is amazing. You have, like, your own sunroof in the third row. You have USB-C ports. You have your, uh, your own climate zone. Like, if someone has a small family, as much as I rag on the you know, the X7 for being a huge, unnecessary SUV. For someone who does have a family, it yeah. really is pretty amazing. It's just ugly. <laughs> Sorry, X7 fans. Yeah. It's just weird looking. I'm not, a, mini van. I'm not a minivan type no. guy, so if I were to pick one, I will, I will definitely go with the X7. I'll try to work harder to get it. Admittedly, the, the X7 thing. is like triple the price of any minivan. <laughs> but So they're not yeah, really cross-shopped. But, um, yeah, no, they're but not. Uh, it is a really good car, so yeah. we'll see what happens with that. I don't know why we... Got sidetracked on X7 design. I want to keep it too long. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the time right now, it's been uh, we talked for like almost an hour and a half. I don't want to keep it yeah, too sorry, long. Yeah, sorry, Joe. Joe um, yeah, no, no, no. no it's, it's getting late there. Always fun talking to you. Anytime you want to come on, if you want to talk about something, if you have something special going on or you want to tease something, let us yeah, know. Yeah, let us know. Uh, yeah. We definitely love having you. So and it, just shoot an email, a message, yeah. whatever you need to do. And we'll definitely make oh, it happen. No, uh, guys, I well, as always, you guys are doing an epic job, and um, and it's just it's always a real nice pleasure coming on to your onto your podcast. Okay. It's, uh, it's always lovely. To, well, it just feels like talking to a couple of friends <laughs> about subjects that we like talking yeah, about. Which exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, if you come to Munich, hopefully they'll. If I'm there for the auto show now, and you come too, maybe we'll do something from there too. That'll be cool. Yeah. Are you are you probably going? Are you? I'm thinking about. It. I mean, I haven't really been to an auto show in a long time, and I think I think yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. So it will be it will okay. make sense. There is a lot of content, especially since being being a BMW kind of show because being local, I'm sure BMW yeah. will have a good presence there. So it makes yeah. sense from a content perspective because we haven't really got a lot of events going on. And I haven't been out to Europe in quite some time. So to me, it's really about gathering a lot of content that we can use. And um, honestly, auto shows for me and for Nico too, they're always stressful because we do work a lot. Because we, we cover one brand or three brands or maybe four, but um, we produce so much content. We look at all the models. We go into details. We do interviews. We do videos. We do so much for one or two people. It's yeah. insane. So they're not always yeah. fun from that perspective. We don't really get to walk around and see the other cars and play with them. Sometimes I go to auto show and I'm like, oh, there was yeah. that car. Yeah, it's just sprinting back and forth yeah. from so, whatever is new to the media yeah. room to to write about it and post the pictures to yeah. sprint back. And it's just very hectic. So it's tiring yeah. for us because we need to produce content for all the channels. So we need to do you know, you know, articles on the website, we do social media, we do YouTube, we do all of that. So it, it just adds up. It's, it's quite a bit for one person or even two people. But still, yeah. you know... It's, I guess, part of the job, so it could be worse. Yes. Uh, be hopefully, worse. yeah, but I'll let you know. I mean, if I'm there, you'll be cool to, you know, get together, do some stuff, you know. I mean, then we yeah, yeah, something. absolutely. Well, I hadn't even thought about it until you mentioned it, but if it's in September, yeah, I it's think... close it to you. I mean, it yeah. makes sense. It's easy for you. Yeah, oh, I'll drive over there. I think, yeah, I'll probably just borrow a BMW press car. And exactly, yeah. Um, makes sense. So, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, Very definitely. Cool. Yeah. All right, well... It's good talking to you. It was a pleasure. Yes. Likewise. And um, yeah, man. I guess we'll chat soon then. Yeah, cool. Um, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. And um, I'll I'll speak to you both very very soon. Keep up the, the awesome work. Yeah. Sounds All right, good. Thanks, man. You too. Cheers. <laughs>